Hi, um, thanks for coming on Mission Sustainable um, to talk with us today. Uh, we've got your host, that's me, uh, Mia, and our other guy, Zach. Can you say hi? Hello. <laughs> yeah, and today we'll be interviewing two speakers. Let's have them introduce themselves. Ms. Kaya. Hi, I'm Karina. I'm from the Center for Sustainability PH, and we're in Palawan, the Philippines. Awesome. Thanks. Um, and Ms. Anadel. Hello, uh, good afternoon. I'm Anna Dell. I'm uh, currently working in De La Salle University as an environment specialist and working closely with the coastal communities in uh, Lian, Batangas. Awesome. Uh, what would that like? What does your job look like these days? Uh, it's more of an online conversation with the Fisher yeah, folks. Fortunately, uh, they have the internet connection now. Yeah, I'm really grateful for the internet these days. Uh, and you, Miss KM, same? Um, uh, it's like trying to find a way back into our communities because right. all of our work really starts in the field with our communities. So we've had a few visits initially and we're going to keep trying. Yeah, my God, the new normal, <laughs> right? But otherwise, you'd say that your operations are pretty unaffected by the pandemic because of your on-the-ground presence. Uh, unaffected our our operations are completely affected, completely affected. <laughs> we can't do any work at all so all no. of our work is really based in the forest we are right. a very hands-on organization doing frontline forest conservation work and that means that we have to do all of our work together with the communities that live mm -hmm. in the forest and are the best position to really defend and understand what's going on there so it's been a real struggle for us behind the scenes because yeah. we're so used to being in the field every week, every week. Yeah. And we haven't been able to do that imagine. since we actually came down from expedition on March 18 to like yeah. a deserted world. And we didn't know what had happened. So if you can imagine we were on expedition for 10 days, and then all of a sudden <laughs> the world was a completely different place. And since then we've been locked down at home. Um, so trying to trying to do something but it's very hard to conserve the forest when you can't be there. when you can't go to the forest yeah 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 and, um, the, and you're also trying to safeguard your life from possible infection by covid and reduce the chances of infection yeah yeah miss anadel i guess with, as like as an educator it's not as hard this pandemic actually it is hard uh <laughs> Uh, do you happen to, are you familiar with the NSTP classes um, of the students? Not very familiar. Like I'm, of the college I, students? Yeah. Um, so basically, the university did not allow the students to go down to do community work. So yeah. what we are trying to do is make them feel na nasa community pa rin sila despite na virtual lang lahat. And also, it's a challenge then to connect nga sa mga community partners namin. Especially uh, pag sa rural areas, the internet connection problems. But yung mga first three months of pandemic, it's really hard. Pero ngayon, uh, nakikita mo, we are thriving. We are Filipinos. So, nakahanap yung community partners namin and yung students namin ng way to communicate with us. So, ang hindi lang namin nagagawa ngayon is the regular tree planting. 
the coastal cleanup. So, hindi pa kasi allowed. But what we are trying to do now is the our university staff, once allowed, uh, we will go down and to do we will do the community work. But minor, minus the presence of the students. But hopefully, after the pandemic, yeah. we can go back again. And gaya nga ng sinabi ni Ms. KM, mahirap ang environmental work pag hindi ka allowed mag field work. So, ang ini-strengthen namin ngayon is the environmental campaigns through online platforms. Right. So, would you say that the future of, of your work, of this conservation, you think it'll be heavily affected if we continue like this? Because COVID seems to not have an end in sight, what do you think will happen down the line of your respective jobs? How will you try to adapt to this? From our end in Palawan, we basically have to sit it out for the moment and focus on yeah. you know, running an office, running an organization rather than executing our projects. But in the long term, you know, we all have to function and especially do this kind of work, this kind of conservation work, because otherwise we're just going to have another pandemic. The reason why we have a pandemic is because wildlife was illegally poached out of, out of its native habitat. So it's really our role to, to do that and right. to find ways to make that happen. So I think one of the biggest issues as well that I'm sure Miss Annabelle can, can also speak to is that there are massive research gaps. Research is critical for us to be able to make better management decisions, for communities to have the knowledge and the power to make decisions for themselves and speak to their local leaders about what needs to be done. So for all of us that are uh, normally field workers, we have to find a way basically. Right. But I think that environmental workers are extremely well equipped. I have all the faith in our community, in our environmental community, to be able to find solutions to get out to the field. We have to figure out a new normal to do that. But for us to sit at home while our environment is being destroyed is not an option. It's, a, it's an option for maybe six months or nine months. But like in the long, you know, like even within our office, we are constantly doing regroup strategy sessions every, you know, every month, every every two weeks. Because that, you know, with our traveling to field sites, sometimes we're allowed, sometimes we're not. So we're just we're just constantly thinking on our toes, yeah. and that's okay. That's just how it works. What kind of strategies, guys, do you think we can make this better for us? For the school setup, we we always encourage you, the youth to maximize your your knowledge and technology because you guys have the the capacity to to do a webinar to do a podcast to publicity materials uh, honestly this pandemic uh, gave a window to heighten the the campaigns on climate change and also uh, my realization in this pandemic na gaano ka importante yung community empowerment uh, before pandemic, kasi some people believes that environment is science. Science is for scientists. Science is for experts. But no, uh, science is for everyone. Environment is for everyone. So it is the responsibility of all of us, not only by the government or by the experts, but uh, we all need to act. So yun yung greatest uh, realization ngayon. And 
I'm happy to see na lahat naman nagiging involved na and even the younger ones, if you happen to check the page of Echo Explorations, they have this program for 6 to 12 years old uh, children uh, para ma- malaman ng kanilang uh, ABC of biodiversity. So those steps, uh, maganda siyang preparation in the future kasi nga, this is not the only pandemic na darating sa, sa mundo. So marami pa itong sunod-sunod na sana uh, based from our learnings today, we come really prepared na. And hopefully, in the future then, uh, we treat the environment hindi hiwalay sa atin, rather tayo ay part ng environment at responsibility natin na alagaan yon at i-conserve yun. Yeah. I think if I can just chime in really quickly about what Miss Anadel was talking about with community empowerment, I think from a scientific viewpoint, one of the biggest issues that we're dealing with now are these research gaps because scientists can't get to their field sites. If we had already established a clear system with our local communities to be able to collect data, to be empowered, to to do that kind of biodiversity research or any kind of environmental research already, we wouldn't have the research gaps that we're having now. And so I think that community empowerment is, is... like never more important than right now because scientists cannot get to their research sites. And that's when we need our communities to defend our natural resources, to understand what's going on in those areas. If I may add, uh, yeah. if you happen to, to encounter the, the concept of citizen scientists, so we are doing it in our coastal community, in our partner coastal communities in Lian, Batangas. Right. So they are uh, doing trainings with the scientists who know how to dive, who know how to assess coral reefs. But but now uh, the trend and it's really needed na local community people na yung mga fisher folks na sila na yung na nangangalaga o nagbabantay nung yung karagatan nila. Kasi at the end of the day, they are the one residing on that area and I believe in local knowledge and traditional knowledge na it must go hand in hand in scientific knowledge. Nice. Yeah. Um you guys both put like a big emphasis on the community, community empowerment. Is there any way that like as an ordinary person kind of removed from nature, like somebody who lives in an urban setting can help like with those programs aside from just social media outreach and publicity? I always say that conservation starts at home. So you have to start by making sustainable decisions in your home and with your family, educating your family. One of the, the biggest issues is consumption. You can, like, you can be a conservationist in your home. You don't, you don't have to go out to the forest and to, to be a conservationist. And I think that that's one of the, the biggest misconceptions and that conservation really starts at home and taking care of our wider environment is as a is a result of how we how we choose to purchase how we choose to consume materials that come from the forest how we choose to consume resources or food that comes from the sea so i think that you know those are for sure like get involved like get informed and be a conservationist at home with your friends and family think about every time you consume something with plastic or think about the effects every time you buy something that's you know from precious wood 
or you know there are many different ways but understanding what you consume is the number one contribution that you can make if you're not immediately in you know in a natural area would the examples of being that type of person would that be like um keeping the absolute minimum it's like turning off uh lights in your house and the when you're not using that room turning on various appliances when you don't need them keeping the watch in your water bill uh making sure to uh reuse what you what you can reuse and not just throwing it away that would be examples of being a conservationist conservationist that would, those would be some examples right yes those are the thing with environment is some people think uh, environment is only about trees planting trees coastal clean up but we forget that environment has many aspects like the energy the solid waste so gaya ng sabi ni Ms. KM start from your home start with your family and uh there's no little or big contribution in environmental conver- uh, conservation it it really starts from you kung saan ka comfortable gaya ng lagi kong sinasabi Uh, kung comfortable ka doing environmental conservation through arts, through drawing, do it. Uh, I... Like for example, uh, marami di bang uh, mga arts expert ngayon, iba-ibang medium ang ginagamit sa, pag, sa, sa paggawa ng arts. For example, recycled, recycled plastics. So that is, that is environmental conservation. And also... I want din lang balikan yung sinabi ni Mia kung paano makaka-contribute kung nasa urban setup. So, I work with Makati LGU for two years. And uh, uh, I also work with, with colleagues in QC. So, ang good thing dito kasi, uh, hindi lang alam ng marami, pero ang mga city ay may program on urban biodiversity. There is a concept of urban biodiversity and you can uh you can join the activities of the the city on tree planting on in Makati they are more of on carbon reduction program so those those aspects you can you can tap your city in in joining hindi nyo kailangan umakyat ng bundok pumunta sa dagat gaya ng ginagawa namin ni Miss uh, ni Miss KM But uh, you can do it in the most comfortable way you want. Then, unti-unti, pwede naman kayo maging adventurous. Uh, you can set up your own organization. You can visit the rural areas. But for now, check your resources at hand. Nice. I think just like one last thing I was going yeah. to say. I think it's really important that you figure out what you're passionate about. And then you make it about conservation. Because the truth is, is that our planet is in crisis. And if we're going to fix it, everybody has to be on board. Yeah. Every discipline has to be on board. Every expertise from every field, whether it's finance and corporate to conservationists like us or researchers or students. Like, it's, a, it's a complete lifestyle change. So yeah. I think if you're trying to find the way of how to contribute, parang... Find what you're what you're really passionate about, Muna, and yeah. then you figure out how to make it about conservation or sustainability. Yeah, uh, just about being passionate about something. Our my family, we go to Batangas often to visit the beaches, and we love swimming. My parents are divers, and I also dive myself. And we uh, try to take care of the ocean by like we pick up the trash, we bring it trash that's floating out there because we know plastic bags turtle, turtles can eat that filling up their stomachs until they end up starving to death uh fish can get trapped inside 
like these plastic bags. So we just pick up all the trash we can and bring it to shore and throw it back into the trash can. But there's sometimes just so much of it. It's just so depressing when you like see what you've pulled out of the ocean and then you look when you jump back in, you just see there's so much still left. It's like you think, it's like when you look at that, you think everybody thinks the ocean is their trash can. Don't, do they not realize that there are living creatures there? Like really extraordinary ones that I've seen. Uh, lagi ko tong sinasabi sa mga students kasi maski ako nung student pa ako uh, environmental advocate ako and then napo-frustrate ako then nung nag-work na ako ang lagi kong sinasabi sa mga students na uh, a warning environmental conservation is really frustrating pero hindi naman ibig sabihin na frustrating siya at titigil ka na uh, the thing with that is rewarding siya in the sense na nakikita mo, nakaka-influence ka ng ibang tao. So, for example, in our lifetime, hindi masolve ang issue on plastics in the ocean. Pero, we are happy na makita na may magtutuloy ng passion mo. So, really, environmental conservation then is all about influencing others. Kasi, really, we cannot do it on our own. Yes, we can pick up trash, but other people can throw trash. So, what we can do is to influence many other people na makakasama mo sa pagpupulot ng uh, basura. So just an example in, in that aspect. I think the other thing is, there, isn't there an expression like parang the greatest problem is indifference or the greatest problem? It's morally indifference and ignorance, really. People, it's like even coastal communities, I, they sometimes don't know that um, they think that the ocean is... How do you say like limitless in a sense? Mm. It's you can throw anything into it and it will never come back. Do you know that we are contributing to the uh, marine plastics in the ocean in Batangas? Do you believe in that? I believe that there are coastal communities around the world that just don't realize that that they're throwing tra- they're throwing their little bits of trash into the ocean can end up causing like those huge trash islands that you see in the movies and like in between i'm not sure i remember i did a paper on that about like a trash a a huge trash island that was in between like hawaii and the united states i was not sure i think it's really important to look at plastic trash holistically it's it's a it's a a global problem it's a a global problem based on global policies and global issues so seeing one person throw rubbish irresponsibly is not just the product of that one person. It's the product of a system that allows it or encourages it or whichever reason you want to use. It's very complex. Yeah, it is. I think that especially like the trash that we see, we don't actually know where it comes from. Often the trash doesn't just come from the from the Philippines or from Filipino yeah. communities or from Filipino coastal communities specifically. It can travel from, from the Arctic. It can travel from, from the US. It can travel from all over the world. Recently, they found plastic trash in the, like in the middle of nowhere in the Arctic. And now there's certainly no communities there. So it's a much more complex global issue to address. You know this tagline, the uh, no globally, act locally? That's an important concept or tagline because uh, we know the, the global issue and what we can do is to act on our own little ways. So for example, uh, here in Manila, uh, we can reduce our consumption of plastic 
with the thinking that because it might go in other coastal communities in other coastal areas, which is why every time we do a coastal cleanup in Manila Bay, every orientation, we are reminding the students na you are not sure maybe this piece of trash comes from your home, maybe, maybe this piece of trash comes from your lolas lolas home. So it is important that uh, you are aware of your own lifestyle so that we will not contribute anymore to the global issue. Yeah, I, I get that. Like, it's all, we all live on Earth, right? It's, it's all connected. Yeah. Yes. We've got one Earth. Yeah, but yeah, I really like this emphasis on like people and choices and the young, specifically because I am a young person who has to make a lot of choices. And it's already overwhelming, but it's nice to hear somebody who can, some people who can say it like clearly concisely and in a way that makes sense and steps that we can follow. The theme of this episode is like the relationship between biodiversity and tourism. And we've already covered policies and like, like the economy of like people and research and science, but how do tourists fit into this? Well, I look at it from the perspective as a Filipina of how it impacts us and how it impacts like our most vulnerable um, communities. So I actually actually did research for this because I was really curious about what is going on, like what's been, you know, what data has been collected. Two big things that I saw that was super interesting was that since the pandemic, 43% of tourism-related businesses. So of the tourism businesses that were surveyed, 43% um, have chosen to reduce their employee headcount. So that's a lot of people considering that in 2019, over 5 million were employed in the tourism industry. And then the second thing is that 88% are expecting a 50% drop in revenue at least 50% drop in revenue this year alone. And the uh, tourism is a huge part of, of, our, of our national GDP. It's like over 10%. But to segue it back to biodiversity, yeah. I think it's very important to remember that even bigger to our national economy is agriculture. So fisheries and products that come from the forest. And so it's even more important to protect biodiversity, right. I would argue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do agree no na uh, uh, forestry sector the agriculture sector is as important as tourism sector pero I I want to emphasize the the relation of biodiversity on those three so if you will dig deeper when you have biodiversity loss the two the tourism sector figures will go down why because uh basically Philippines, the tourism sector in Philippines heavily relies in natural resources. So our, tour- our tourism products here are the mountains, the beaches, the animals, the plants. And technically, if you don't care of those products of the biodiversity, so our tourism industry will, will be heavily affected. So there is a drop down in tourist arrivals. Because of the quarantine protocols, the travel restrictions. Kaya uh, nakita natin, tama yung sinabi ni Zach kanina, everything is interconnected, interrelated. So bab- babalik din yon, parang magko-contribute din yon sa usapin ng poverty, usapin ng health emergency. So 
ako at the end of the day, parang lagi kong sinasabi sa mga students, you look into biodiversity. So, biodiversity conservation is as important as other sectors in the country. Important because without biodiversity, there's no economy. Yung, yung mga ganun. Everything starts in the natural resources. Nice. Um, I have a question about biodiversity in COVID-19. Do you think COVID-19 has helped biodiversity in a way? Like, since it has lessened, as we talked about, the amount of tourists and the tourism industry, uh, beaches and various other sites are less polluted. Um, they, less, they have less human presence. Do you think it has helped in that way? That the ecosystem in that area can recover from the human impact there? When I'm preparing my notes... Uh, nilagay ko siya. Ang sabi ko doon, parang uh, there are experts, uh, there are uh, news articles na sinasabi nga uh, COVID-19 pandemic gave the environment a chance to to take its much-deserved rest. Pero katulad ng sabi ni Ms. K.M. kanina, three months to six months is enough. Pero yung tuloy-tuloy na, na rest niya, ng walang human interaction, human intervention, I think hindi siya normal. Ano siya, magkukause pa siya ng mas malaking uh, pandemic? Kasi, oo, nakapagpahinga si environment ng 3 to 6 months, 8 months, ganun. Pero hindi natin nakita yung isang aspect na nagiging rampant ang illegal trade, illegal logging. Why? Because walang tourist operations, walang tao, walang enforcement. So, Tourism kasi nagsisilbi din siyang bantay sa environment kung sustainable at ecotourism ang in-implement. Pero ayun nga, uh, in environment, we need to balance out every, uh, to balance everything. Sa tourism kasi may tinatawag silang closed season and open season. So sa panahon ngayon, parang maging isang taon ng closed season. <laughs> parang I don't think it's a good sign na. I think also like what Miss Anadel was saying about I mean I think research will tell us later but for sa amin dito sa Palawan I don't I think it's very arguable if it makes a really big difference and on a wider level in terms of climate change so it just came out like basically it was a blip covid was a blip for for carbon emissions it, it made very little difference because industry continued to operate so even though maybe we ourselves stopped going out industry was still very active yeah we actually have within my network we're trying to compile anecdotal evidence of the illegal activities that are happening as a result of opportunistic people because there's no presence there's no tourism They can conduct their actions without the fear of being seen. Yeah, even like sa national, like sa area namin, sa Cleopatra's Needle Critical Habitat, we have no idea if there are legal activities happening because everybody is at home. Nobody's patrolling the forest. It's not safe. All right, before we leave off, well, is there anything you'd like to say, you know, like final messages? I'm, I'm looking forward sa sa future na uh, makausap ulit kayo. Sana ma-involve kayo sa tinatawag natin ngayong climate emergency at climate action. Kasi lahat naman ng usapin ng environment, naguugat o kaugnay sa climate uh, change. no 
And also, totoo yung sinasabi ni Ms. KM na even though we do our part as an environmental conservationist, even though we stay at home forever, hanggat may mga big companies using coal, the problem on climate change is still there. Still at risk pa rin tayo sa future pandemic. So, uh, what I am always trying to say to the students is I'm encouraging them to speak up, to use their voices in whatever platform na comfortable sila para para ma-raise yung advocacies nila on development and uh, environmental environmental conservation. Or if you are not uh, comfortable with speaking up, you can join other organizations. Marami naman kasing uh, form through arts, through singing, through acting. So if you can do that, then Mother Nature will be happy. You do your, you did your part already. Right. Nice. Uh, Miss Cam? I think that for the youth, I think it feels like a really heavy burden. We are a youth organization and we really feel the burden of, because we've taken up this advocacy na parang we can't give up. Even dahil may maraming dangers. Yeah. Uh, the Philippines is the second most dangerous country for environmental defenders in the yeah. world. Uh, we cannot forget that. I guess like for the youth, Here in the Philippines, we're 40 million. We right. really have the power as a youth movement to create change. Whether it's every day in our homes with our family or it's at the ballot box in 2022. But we definitely have the power as the youth to change. We have never been more powerful than right now. And even though the challenges are very scary and the emergency is very daunting, I think that together, if we work together, we have, yun, parang, we're not disempowered. We have more power than we've ever had. We have an amazing way of connecting with each other through social media and we have so much technology. Like, sinabi ni Ms. Ana Del Canina, parang, the youth are so ready for this. They just, yun, parang, we just have to take it and be yeah. brave to take it. For better or worse, this is our fight. It's our planet. So it's our future so as well because you we know started it in already the with the mission sustainable. Yeah! Wow! I'm just wow. That was what I should continue. Continue after yes. after yeah. school. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for not coming over. Thanks for clicking on the Zoom link. Thank, thank you for, for speaking. Yeah. Thanks for and speaking. thank you for your advice and also your very. Um, interesting and useful information. 